0: This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Grounded battle. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus. And you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com.
1: Welcome back to a brand new episode of Sucker Radio. I am your host, as always, Jeremy Brand, and you are listening to this show on either MMASucker.com, LastWordOnSports.com, or iTunes or Stitcher, anywhere podcasts can be heard. So thank you guys for listening. We are back. We had a two-week hiatus. I apologize. Um, I was a little bit under the weather at times. I got caught up. I'm back to work. Um, My full-time job right now, so it's kept me busy. But thank you guys for sitting tight and waiting for a brand new episode of Sucker Radio. We are here. We have one fantastic guest for you. UFC heavyweight Sean Jordan will join the show to talk about his October 3rd matchup at UFC 192 against the Russian Ruslan Mogomedov. A lot of news went down in the last couple weeks. The biggest of which was Nick Diaz getting a five-year suspension. And a pretty hefty fine of, I believe, $165,000. So I'm sure you've seen that all over the interwebs. I'm not going to talk news at all because that's what Talking Combat is for each and every Sunday with Chris Toplack. You can hear the news and all that kind of stuff with him, the fallout from events that have gone down. Um, You can also check out Eye of the Storm podcast over on MMASucka.com with hosts, Justin Perot and of course his new co-host, Christian Allert. This past week they had Josh Johnson on the show, who is a glory kickboxer. He had a fight announced this week, so it's awesome to have him on the show. He broke down not only the kickboxing scene, but the local mixed martial arts scene here in British Columbia in Vancouver with the new commission, with the dirty tactics, with all this stuff and whatnot. Josh Johnson broke things down on there, and it was quite awesome. Usually at this point in the show, I get into a um, sometimes these things happen in MMA. I'm not going to do that this week. It's going to be a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of show. So right now I'm going to get right into my interview with Sean Jordan. <laughs> Joining me now is a man who's expected to step back inside the octagon on October 3rd at UFC 192 against the Russian Ruslan Magomedov. Please welcome Sean Jordan to Sucker Radio. Sean, thanks for joining me today, man.
2: Uh, Thanks for having me, bud. Appreciate it. For
1: sure. Now, first off, I mean, you were inside the octagon in June. You're back in here in October. What's it feel like to get back in there after riding three fights in a row, three knockouts in a row? I mean, it's got to be... S- weighing mentally, it's got to be a pretty good feeling to get back in there on your high horse.
2: Uh I think anytime we get, you know, as a UFC fighter, we get, you know, fights back to back pretty quickly. I think it's uh, it just feels good, and it's uh, it's good, like you said, coming off of three wins, it's good to get back in there um, with a positive note. Yeah.
1: Now the last two performances, you picked up performance of the night, big uh, money bonuses. What what'd you do with that money?
2: Uh, I have a little girl, man, so I have to put stuff away and take care of her and try to do what I can with it, you know, pay everybody off after we're done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No kidding, no kidding. Now, let's talk about those last three fights. I mean, before those three, you were coming off of two knockout losses. Mentally speaking, what did it take to get back in there? I mean, against Jack May, you picked up the big TKO to get back on your winning ways. What does it feel like coming off of two straight losses, getting back inside the cage? Just sort of walk me through walking out to the cage against Jack May. What's the thought process like going in there?
2: You know, that was the first time in my career that I've lost back-to-back fights. Um, I was kind of just going to a bunch of personal stuff through that, through that time. Um, and after the second one, uh, I just made some, some changes and uh, kind of got my head right. Um, and then when I came back with Jag May, it was kind of honestly I, after I changed stuff and I kind of got my I guess, got my stuff together, um, kind of just felt like a weight off my shoulders. So it was it was good to get back in there and be able to compete, you know, on a clear head. For,
1: for sure, and and I mean obviously there is pressure weighing on your shoulders with two straight losses. You don't want to get another one because you know that dreaded three losses is always something that that seems to weigh on people's shoulders.
2: Absolutely, it is. I mean, um, as far as your career goes for the, years, I mean, yeah, you lose three fights, you're pretty much out for a little while. Um, but I mean, for me, it, it's kind of more so more more than just that. Um the fights, I guess I have a I have a girl that's in Louisiana. Then, so I'm away from her while I'm training for you know for fights. Uh, so I'm taking time away from her and time away from my family and people that I want to be around uh, when I'm here. So when I leave and I go fight, I compete and I don't do well. It's kind of like it's wasted time. No kidding, it's time man. I can't get back. It's time that it's, it's, I'm wasting their time.
1: Yeah, for sure, and that's that's got to be tough because I mean, this year alone, this is your third fight of the calendar year. So you've basically spent the majority of 2015 in training camps.
2: Actually, sure I've been yeah, I've been probably close to you know what eight eight months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My dad, yeah, so <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty close to that. <laughs> so when you,
1: when you get home to Louisiana, I mean, I, I'm sure with technology in this day and age, with Skype and with FaceTime and all that kind of stuff, you still get to connect with your little one. But, I mean, you must see a huge change after an eight-week camp, uh, getting inside the cage, getting done, and then going back home. You you must see a giant change in your daughter.
2: Oh, absolutely, man. Like I said, you know, the, the time I can get back in... When they're that little, you know, eight weeks is huge. I mean, you go from not saying much to uh, full sentences almost, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or like uh, or, you know, explaining themselves somewhat. Um, so yeah, it is. But uh, like I said, you know, it's good right now, and it's um, when I, as long as I'm winning, it makes it worth it. You know, it's um, you know, and hopefully, you know, start making more money. You know, with, the con- with my new contracts and stuff, and the bonuses and stuff, make it a little bit more worth it. You know because I'm actually gonna be able to put, put something away for her, you know.
1: Exactly. Does she understand what daddy does at this point? Oh, she's she's
2: two, but she knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her mom, her mom, her mom's pretty. Oh, uh, she does pretty good with keeping her up to date with me. Um. But yeah, it's funny. She's like, she goes put him up. What does dad, what does daddy do? He fights. <laughs> That's I, mean, awesome. I don't really I don't really want her to, to to look at it that way, but I mean, whatever. <laughs> she's too little to actually get it, so.
1: Exactly. Now, how coincidental is it that um, you'll be fighting Ruslan Megamodov at UFC 192, the Russian, and in The Philly Kid, the movie, you played a Russian. How, how coincidental is that?
2: And it's funny, though. If you've you, you, you seen that movie, I actually have an American flag tattooed on my chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm supposed to be a Russian. Um no, it was funny, but yeah, I mean, it's awesome, I and mean, um, it's actually the first, I think, no, I, I fought a Russian kid when I was an amateur, but it's the first one, in the, you know, major fight that I've had against, uh, you know, another Russian, um, so I'm looking forward to it, and he seems like a tough guy, sprays straightforward, forward, and, and does well, so I mean, I think it's going to be a good fight. It's, for both of me, both
1: of us. Yeah. It, it's going to be a, I mean, a lot of people are thinking it's going to be a tough contest for you. Uh, it's the first time you've taken on one of these nasty Dagestan guys. Uh, what are your thoughts on him as an <laughs> opponent? And, and coming into this, wh- what are you feeling when you step inside the cage? What does he bring to the table that, that you, might be different from your last three opponents?
2: Well, you know, he's a like you said, I mean, he's a really, really talented kickboxer and he's, um, he does well. Um, He's real good at distance. He keeps people away from him. He kind of, according point fights, he's not done a lot of, you know, in a lot of his fights. He doesn't throw a bunch of heat. But he also doesn't have guys pushing forward on him, you know. Um, just does real well, you know, keeping distance and sticking to his game, you know. Um, he moves back, moves around, and he likes to come get, He finishes. you know, he doesn't finish fights, but he point fights enough to where, you know, guys can't keep up. For you sure. You know, the nice thing, I just... Keep throwing volume the entire time.
1: <laughs> they do, and and they seem to have a pretty good clinch, you know, wrestling style game. But this guy has that stand up, which is a bit different from a lot of the Dagestan guys. I mean, they they have their their certain stand up styles, but their their sambo is usually their bread and butter.
2: Yeah, I agree. Because well, you know, when I was at Jackson's, you know, a couple of Dagestan guys were there, and um, we have a couple of days at our gym here too, and. and yeah, they do, and they, they really always have really complete games. You know, they're kind of they're good thumbo, but they will stand there and bang with you too because just, it's just tough. You know, those Eastern European kids are just tough. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, from him, you know, he stays in there and he you know kind of keeps on his feet and moves around and keeps you know doesn't try to crowd anybody. Just you know, kind of like, kind of keeps his distance from you. He, he does a really good job at it, um, and I think that's why stylistically it's it kind of a tough fight. They see as a tough fight for me, and it will be, but. If we get in there and I get into it, we start exchanging into into that in that range. I mean, I hit hard, so you know, <laughs> I hit hard. So if we're gonna get in there, you know, if I get, you know, if he doesn't keep his distance and I, you know, I break him down, it's gonna, you know, I hit hard. Yeah, <laughs> I have to hit him a couple times. It's gonna, it's gonna go ahead and make him have to change
1: his plan a little bit. <laughs> are Are you a guy that watches tape? Like, I mean, you you seem to know his style quite well.
2: You know, I watch some. Um, but I let my coach do most of it. Yeah. More so because um, I can watch it, I do stuff, but it really doesn't really affect me in, in my in my opinion. Like, I watch him do stuff, but I, I, I see where he could beat me or where I make mistakes, where well, I would make a mistake you know, attacking him. But I think my coach have a better handle on doing that. They've done it longer. Um, so I, I you know, had them look at it, watch it, and they kind of build what they want me to do around that. For so sure. that way, cause if I just look at it, yeah, cool, I know, but I'm still going to go gonna fight. Yeah, yeah. So unless they kind of get me to repeat reps and do stuff and build some muscle memory off of stuff, then, you know, it's not going to help me at all.
1: <laughs> exactly. With a victory at UFC 192, that'll be four in a row. Um, do you expect to crack the top 15? Do rankings matter to you?
2: They do and they don't. They do because of money. Yeah. <laughs> but, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> fair uh, enough. Who I, get, who I get to compete with? Um, uh, monetarily, yeah, absolutely. It matters. You know, it always matters. That's how you do stuff. Um, that's how they judge us and that's how they pay us. Um, but personally, not not really. Um, like I said, I played, I played, you played football. I did, you know, in my opinion, like real sports. <laughs> <laughs> um, just the way the way football was it's built, it's so, it's, it's already done, it's established, and this sport's just trying to. You know, second hind titty, if you will, just trying to get there, but it's still not. Um, but uh, so I be stuff, but I played for big, you know, good team. I played for LSU. We were number ranked number one every year. But well, while well, while well, I was there, that yeah. never that doesn't matter. <laughs> you set the fight.
1: Exactly, exactly. So speak about that a little. You say you you played a real sport. Right? You you don't think mixed martial arts at this point in in time is is a real sport? Okay. Don't don't
2: misunderstand. Well, that's why sport. I want you to explain okay, yourself fairly, because yeah,
1: some people might com- take that the wrong way,
2: com- right? Completely, com- completely competitive sport. Um, it's hard, but I'm talking about the business end of it.
1: Yes, I'm, yes, not, so. I'm Talking
2: about us, us as athletes, us as a absolutely, it's a sport. Absolutely, but on the business end, it's still almost they choose more like almost entertainment. Business wise, not not us. We get in there in the cage and fight. Like, that's our job. That's a sport. We're competing. That, that that's a sport. Yeah, it's almost a you know it's a gladiator sport, a combat sport. <laughs> um, but as far as the way people handle like they handle the business end of it, uh, it's it's just still still growing. You know, it's just it, it grew too fast and it's still trying to catch up.
1: So are you surprised with, I mean, we're, we're a few months into this Reebok deal. You knew this was going to come up. Obviously it's, it's a question that I hate asking it, but it's got to be asked to certain guys, especially a guy at your level. You fought with the UFC for so long. Were you surprised when you heard that sponsors were out the window and UFC was only going to be dealing with Reebok?
2: No, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't surprised. Um, like I said, the, the sport, the, the, or the business end of the sports, growing so fast. Well, the sports growing faster than the business is growing, or the way it works, anyways. So, but if you watch any major sport, like every team, every company, every every NFL, baseball, NBA, all that stuff, they all have a, a, a parallel sponsor somehow. You know, um, team sports. So no, though. It's te- it it te- it you know, to happen.
1: You know what I mean? Team, yeah, sports, team sports, like, sports. Like you
2: don't see but, you don't
1: see golfers or tennis players all of them with the same outfits, right? Some are sponsored by Nike. Some are sponsored by Reebok. Some are sponsored by Adidas. You guys are individuals.
2: Yeah, which is why I'm saying the business is still trying to catch up to this. Yeah. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter in, in, in college athletics. Everybody has one, one sponsor. Yep. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's growing, you know. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good step in the right direction somehow. Um, I guess I, you have to be optimistic about all this stuff. I mean, hopefully, you know, and, and maybe not in the time that I compete or, you know, some of us, but most of us finish our careers. But at some point, I it, mean, it's going to be good for everybody. Um, just look at, I mean, look at the NFL back, you know, back in the day, people had real jobs too, and then they said they were still playing. You know, and that, that's kind of the way it grew, and that's kind of where we're at that stage. We're still at business-wise.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. How 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 long into your career were you working a real job, and until you decided to call it full time mixed martial arts?
2: You know, I would have been still. I would have been working a real like a job, job for a long time, had it not been for some uh, some good buddies of mine that kind of put some money together to put me into camps. Um, and they kind of jumped. They kind of jumped me up into you know force and UFC. And, like after that, I was fighting pretty often. So I was just kind of you know, and I don't need much. So it was kind of, it was kind of you know, pretty. It was it wasn't bad to do it that way. It worked out. And then um, probably probably once I, I did uh, once again the UFC, I stopped uh, yeah. for the most part. I still did other stuff outside, like you know, like other companies, like you know, cattle work and stuff that were with my friends. But um, I mean, up until last year or so, two years, like it, it hasn't it hasn't really been like, again. I made enough money to not to sustain myself.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
2: Uh, and that just again, it's it's as you've grown, you you kind of have more time in the sport. Um, and I win more, and I lose. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then even when I lose, I go in and I fight. You know what I mean? It's uh it's a, it's always an exciting fight. <laughs> Except the Chicago fight, we'll we'll just go to let that one be won. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Finally, before I let you go here, I wanted to, you spoke about your football career. We talked about your football career, but I want to talk about it a little bit. What made you, after college and, and university, you was there an opportunity for you to pursue this football career to a pro level?
2: Uh, I, I bounced around a few teams and some tryouts and stuff. Um, the NFL, especially at, at a, as a fullback and, and you know viewed as a, like a like a traditional fullback. They're still using that much anymore. They use you know tight ends or fixed guys or, or t backs and stuff. Um, it's kind of a dying like a dying position. Yeah. Um, well, they move bigger running backs to fullback now. Um, so I did move ground some, but then it was kind of just time for me to move on do something else. Uh, I, I had two degrees, so I mean I didn't have to do it. I, I started working a little bit, and then I kind of I needed to compete still, so that's how I started this. <laughs> So the dream just I faded it away.
1: It, it obviously was a dream <laughs> growing up, though, right?
2: Oh, I love football. I love football. But that's something I would have I played as long as I could have. Yeah, playing it. With um, the
1: NFL season just started, I mean, it, we're going into week three here. What are your predictions? Wh- who's your team that you follow? Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year?
2: You know, I don't even really follow teams that much, but uh, I have like I have my buddies play for teams, and I have like, players that like, I like. That JG Watt guy from Texas, that dude's a killer. Yeah, dude, it's an animal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't even keep up with football to be honest with you. It was hard for me to after I got done playing. I just didn't watch it anymore for a while. <laughs> I'm barely back in to be able to watch it.
1: Are you the same way with MMA? Do you follow it or or do you just train and fight it?
2: I train and fight. I like the sport and I I I can appreciate the athletes. I can appreciate. The people who kind of built it, you know, the, you know, you know, the, the legends that came before us, I can appreciate all of it. And I appreciate it as a sport, you know, the the athletes competing. I love it, but I don't watch it. I don't watch it as much. I mean, you do it every day. You don't want to watch it, you know, unless it's your, your buddies fighting or people you might fight.
1: <laughs> he is Sean Jordan. He takes on Ruslan Magomedov on October 3rd, UFC 192 live on pay-per-view. Sean, it's been a pleasure, man. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe.
2: Absolutely, man. Yeah. On Instagram, uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, I'm uh, at Savage uh, Sean, S-H-A-W-N. <laughs> and Sean uh, and Savage Jordan on Facebook.
1: Sean, all the best on October 3rd, man. I can't wait to see you back inside the Octagon.
2: Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, man.
1: Awesome to have Sean Jordan on the show. That's the first time he has been on Sucker Radio, so thanks to him. Good luck to him on October 3rd. All the best um, with the rest of his training camp. UFC 192, as I said, live on pay-per-view. So thank you to him for joining me. Thank you to you guys for listening. And thank you to my sponsors, ProAmBelts.com, as well as Floathouse.ca and bckimonos.ca. Check all those websites out. For the best in float tank needs, sensory deprivation, championship belt needs, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu needs. Check them all out. So with that that is the show make sure you like MMA sucker on Facebook follow us on Twitter at MMA sucker follow myself on Twitter at Jeremy brand 604
0: and with that I'm out the evangelist spreading the news of MMA the number one candidate calibrate levels of greatness as we collaborate Mikey you Brock us Jeremy brand as we reactivate brand creates the show for the fans in this magnanimous churies out decision in yes it's unanimous It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the it's the radio, sucker sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out!